you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks, it's Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, our family and friends, the Chris Voss Show family, the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harshly as that one time you took apart your dad's watch and then you couldn't put it back together and you showed him how great you were at achieving on uh, doing his favorite watch and, uh, and he beat you silly and grounded you for a month, which is what my dad did when the two of us tried to do it, my, me and my brother. But that's a different story for another time and another show. Today, we might be, we're doing, uh, uh, instead of doing brain bleeding, we're going to do some fire. We're going to do some fire on the Chris Voss show, as they like to, the kids say it that way, I think. Um, so we're going to be talking about fire. And uh, if you're not, if that doesn't cook you up and light you up, and I don't know, I need some more metaphors for, uh, for fire. Uh, you're just, gonna have to deal with it you're just gonna be burnt to a crisp at this show that's basically it so i think you're gonna enjoy it and if not uh you know see the front desk for refunds uh today we have an amazing gentleman on the show and we'll be talking to him about some of the cool stuff that he does motivation etc cetera, etc cetera. uh but first make sure that you go to goodreads.com for says christmas linkedin.com for says christmas youtube.com for says christmas and uh chris foss one on the tickety talking subscribe to that linkedin podcast uh newsletter that thing is killing it over there it just grows like a weed like every day i go in and i'm like well i'll keep subscribing this thing i thought we used everybody on linkedin but definitely there's, there's, there's definitely there's a few thousand people on linkedin um so there you go uh this gentleman uh comes to us today and uh he is with his uh company if I can find the right tab here uh dave albin joins us today his company is called fire walk productions llc or as it's known in certain countries fire walk uh i don't know that's uh, that's a horrible that's not even funny chris anyway guys uh he went it's to work funny. it's kind of funny yeah that's what we do on the show we just kind of half kill half half die half kill on the show and uh hopefully it's funny uh so he went to work uh dave did uh to the personal development industry by attending a seminar with tony robbins in 1995 where he did his first Firewalk, Tony Robbins. There you go. Uh, Dave went to work for him uh, just shy uh, 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 of 20 years as Tony's firework. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm reading that right. Dave went to work for Tony Robbins, and uh, he's he was just shy of 20 years as Tony's firework captain, and he retired from the uh, Anthony Robbins companies in 2014, shortly after Google hired him to put on an event for him because we know how Google likes to cook people. Have you seen my search uh, history lately? Don't. That's right. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I think he hired them to put uh, Google Plus out of business, burn them down. Uh, he, so he, his company, Firewall Productions LLC, was born in 2014. He's done gigs for NASA, Heineken, the Entrepreneurs Organization, Remax, Chick-fil-A. That's how they cook the chicken over there. Uh, prove it. Uh, Google. And I, 
NC Corporate uh, Chiropractic Association. I believe that's North Carolina. I'm not sure who NI is, though. Um, North Illinois. I think that's what it is. Isogen, Heineken, Boone, Blowing Rock, Ash, and Caldwell County Chamber of Commerce, Wayne Dreyer, uh, or Dyer. We've all heard of him. Uh, YMCA, Tony Robbins, and many others. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you, Dave? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me, man. There you I'm go. I, I'm stoked to be here. That's it. You know, if we're going to talk fire, right? There you go. I think you have Heineken twice in your, in your, uh, Do I? yeah, you got it twice in your body. <laughs> I only had officer. I only had two. Yeah. You got to make sure you're not drinking that stuff while you're writing out the bio. So right. welcome to the show. You are the yeah. number one firewalk instructor yeah. in America. Yeah, there know. you I go. Gotta, yeah. Well, it, it sounds right. <laughs> you sounds know, that's good. what, that's what they wrote. Now, this is a great way to pick up chicks at the bar, I think. Uh, so give us a .com. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, firewalkadventures.com. It's all Firewalkadventures.com. So yeah. give us, uh, I've kind of thrown it around a little bit, but give us a uh, uh, 30,000 overview of what you guys do over there. Uh, we create some of the most, literally some of the most powerful, life-changing, paradigm shift experiences in America. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's simply put. You know, uh, you know, team building is team building, right? But if you don't get people up off their butt and do something, you huh. know, what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you, Chris. We all know that. Ah, that's so true. that's where it really, you know, when I did my firewalk, I, I learned very quickly that it was literally one of the most life-changing experiences of my entire life. There you go. And now, it shifted me. Yeah. And it, it made a major shift for you. Now, Big time. why, uh, how old is firewalking? Oh, as well, a thing in America. I mean, you can, if, you re, if we research it, we'll hear mm -hmm. as far back as what, a thousand years? Yeah. Uh -huh. So if you look at the cultures around the world, you know, firewalking was used as a rite of passage. It's a graduation, it's uh -huh. a point of, um, uh, for marriages and, you know, manhood and womanhood. And so if we look at the Fahitians and the people of India and the Polynesians, the Hawaiians, the Native American Indians, uh, the Indo-Europeans, the people of Portugal, Spain, all over the world has yeah. been used um, as a rite of passage. I think those people in Pompeii used started firewalking, eh? They did. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> probably used, they used a little too much wood. <laughs> Something yeah. there. I, uh, that's a too soon there for the people of Pompeii. I apologize. I hope nobody's yeah, heard this relative related. We forgive you. Yeah, there we you go. Uh, you know, I know in uh, Hawaii when those uh, big volcanoes, you know, you know, go on, you could probably you learn to firewalk really well as you're trying to run. We 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 did we did not we, not just did we we, we Tony's uh, one of the last life master we did the forty foot firewalk we did on the Big Island there on the go. Kona side at the Waikoloa Hotel. Yeah, so we've done several on the Big so, Island. When did you do your first firework? Were you attending a Tony Robbins seminar? Yeah. And when, what, what year was your first? 95. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. Way back. And so what and, did you uh, think? Cause a lot of people approach this, like, this sounds like it's going to burn my feet. I said, no, I wanted to go see Tony, but I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to do that firewalk thing. That's bullshit. Uh, yeah. That's insane. Why would anybody do that? In fact, when I first heard the term firewalk, I didn't even know what that meant. I had no references for that. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, you get to a Tony event and he starts, you know, he start he took the stage at two. And the next thing I know, Chris, it's after midnight. I've been in a room for 10 hours with this guy. Mm -hmm. And and all of a sudden he goes, Take your shoes off. And I'm like, oh no, uh-uh. Sorry, pal, you're starts. not tricking me. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> and then and here's but here's my dilemma. I'm 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 in a room with thirty five hundred people. Uh-huh. Guess what they're doing? They're taking their damn shoes off. 
Wow. So so now I either don't take my shoes off and everybody's going to know I'm a chicken shit or, you know, I take my <laughs> shoes off and just fake it and go out there and hide in the back. That was my, that was my plan. And that's what I went for. However, it gets worse because when Tony takes you out into this big parking lot with 3,500 people, guess what he gets everybody to do before they go out there? What? They start chanting and clapping. So uh -huh. everybody's walking out there. Yes. 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 <laughs> and it gets worse. Because when you get out there, he's got African drummers. Really? Oh, yeah. So then it's dun, 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 dun. People are clapping. And, and you know, how, how do you logistically, how do you set this up? Well, they start a big fire early in the day. And that fire's huge. It's like 50, it's 35 feet wide, 70 feet long. And they throw tons of wood on it. I mean, just cord after cord, probably 10, 15 cords of wood. Wow. And so then at the end of the evening, it renders. And that's what they do. That's what they use. So what they do is they take a bunch of wheelbarrows over to that big pit. They load those coals in a wheelbarrow. Then they bring a wheelbarrow in between two lanes of sod, of grass. They uh -huh. call it a fire lane. Give it three feet wide, 15 to 18 feet long. And then they just take a flathead shovel and they sprinkle those coals on top of that grass. And that's what you walk on. Wow. Now, how do you not get burned? I don't know. I don't know. People ask it's me all true. the time. I'm like, I don't have a clue, man. Why does everybody ask me? Right. I yeah. just know that I went, I walked, I walked on coals that were a thousand degrees. It didn't, I didn't burn myself and I didn't have a clue how. Wow. I just know that I did it. Wow. Here's what I will tell you though. It, when, when you get ready to go and you go and you take that first step, oh, you'll take the second, third, fourth, and fifth. I promise. Yeah, you're, you're going to keep moving. Yeah. Oh, you're going to yeah. keep moving. Yeah. And so now you're in the celebration end with, you know, a couple thousand people who are all jumping up and down. It's exhilarating, Chris. Yeah. It is like, I can do anything after I do that. <laughs> it's like, right. It's like, where's the bus? Let's go. Where's Everest? Come on, people. We got something to do here. Yeah. And, um, but where it got interesting for me, yes, the celebration was phenomenal, but was the next day. The firewalk's a four day event. He mm -hmm. does it on day one, the night of, and then day two, this is where it got pretty interesting for me is that when we all came in that next morning, we're standing in the foyer getting ready to go into the venue and there's 3,500 people. And I've never seen or witnessed anything like this in my life. People were so getting along with each other. It was so humanistic. Wow. Uh, people are laughing and they're crying and they're hugging and they're talking about the firewalk and they're talking about their fears. I mean, it's beautiful yeah. because, you know, obviously we drank the Kool-Aid the night before. Yeah. And, right. So all of us collectively, you get your self-worth, your self-confidence and your self-belief and it's elevated. That's why Tony uses it on day one. Yeah. Cause then he's got you for day two, day three and day four. And um, it kind of, it kind of minimalizes your fears and, and phobias and different things you have. Like you kind of look at it and go, geez, everything else is kind of peanuts compared to what I just did. I, it's, it's magic. It's just, there's a magical something about the fire being the element. And you know, when you look down at those coals and they're, and they're bright red, you yeah. got fight or flight going on. It's yeah, not a question yeah. if they're hot. Right. Um, and plus there's the wheelbarrow there. So you can feel the heat from, from that. Yeah. I mean, when I did my first firewalk, I literally thought my heart was going to jump out of my chest. I was scared to death, but then yeah. four seconds later, I'm jumping up and down. Like I'd won, you know, the lottery. I mean, it's even more than that. It's such an exhilarating feeling. This is crazy. Um, you know, uh, the next day um, after, you know, we all went in later on, I met one of Tony's trainers, a guy by the name of Ted Macy, sweet dude, great guy, him and his wife, Mary, both trainers for Tony. And I'm talking to him and I'm like, so you get to come into this environment and be around all this motivation and inspiration on a regular basis must be freaking awesome. 
<clears throat> and he's like, oh, God, yeah. Oh, I get to come here, you know, eight, ten times a year. And he says, hey, let's say, look, see those people standing over there with the black shirts? I'm like, yeah. With the pink writing on the back? Yeah. He goes, dude, they're volunteers. They're just wow. like you. They came, they did a fire walk, and now they volunteer their time, which Tony uses about 300 of them per event. Uh -huh. And uh, he said, so, you know, when you get home, call Robin's Research. Get an huh. application. Fill it out. Who knows? And I did. And nine weeks after I filled that bad boy out, I got a letter in the mail that said, Dave Alvin, congratulations. You've been selected to crew with the Anthony Robbins companies. Wow. Well, holy mackerel. Now my foot's in the door. <laughs> and so they, they, you know, they look at, you know, the application's got, you know, like five pages. So it looks at who you are and what you do and what you're capable of. And then they kind of decide where they're going to put you in that crew. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a security background and a military background. So they put me on the security team to help take care of Tony's celebrities. Oh, hell, I can do a whole show on that alone. I mean, that was awesome. I'll bet. Uh, um, and then because I lived on a farm, they knew I knew how to use tools, a hatchet, log splitter. They put me on the fire team, which is right where I wanted to go. There you go. And, and there, you there go. I was. So, and then you do eventually move up and start running as services or yep. just on the crew when Google approached you? Nope. I was, um, I, I crewed like five or six times, which cost me two mm -hmm. grand every time I did it. Really? Like you got to pay, you got to pay your way when you're a volunteer. Oh, wow. Uh, and my wife didn't like that. She's like, well, this is bullshit. Hold on a second. You're spending two grand every time you're going. No. Who the hell is this Tony Robbins guy? Have you ever had and her so, do the firewalk? Well, what happened was, is they entered a position. And so when they did that, they gave me a free ticket. And so I took my wife and she went, she went through the whole event. And then and, she walked uh, the fire and she was like, oh, okay. yeah. Now I took a walk on the beach at the end of the event. And she looked at me and she goes, okay, I get it. I drank the Kool-Aid. There's Tony Robbins guys rocks. <laughs> you want to run with this guy? Go. Go, said, baby. All right. So she did. That's all I needed. What, then two what a life-changing event. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, and then in 2003, Tony offered me the captain's position uh -huh. to take over all of his firewalks globally. And because I was homeschooling, he said, hey, you know, we'll even pay to have your family travel with us. And so my go. kids and, you know, we got to go on the road. Hell, their first event was Sydney, Australia. Yeah. That's got to be so, fun yeah. hanging out with Tony. I mean, yeah, he seems like he's pretty yeah, motivational. It, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty inspirational guy. And there's a lot of people in his world. Proximity is everything there. Yeah. Um, are just some of the most phenomenal human beings I've ever met my entire life. There you go. So tell us about your origin story. How do you, how did you grow up? There's uh, you're, you're here in 2023, you're marking 35 years of sobriety. Congratulations. I've got some friends that have their coins and, and I know what a challenge that can be, but tell us about your upbringing, your history, kind of what, how did you get down this road? Well, a couple of months before I was born, um, my biological father had hit, hurt his head. Somehow they put a plate in it to save his life. Hmm. And apparently it was very, very painful. And he was constantly telling my mother that he didn't know how much longer he could take it. Uh -huh. And unfortunately, two months before I was born, he told her he was going to the grocery store and we never saw or heard from him again. Really? So, so yeah. So when I was born, I had two half brothers. My mother mm -hmm. had two other boys from another marriage. Mm -hmm. She was living with my grandmother and another cousin. So there were six of us living in a one bedroom apartment in Hollywood, California. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and mom was working up the street at the Roosevelt hotel as a server. Now mm -hmm. my mom's, you know, a product of, the greatest generation that ever walked the face of the earth, in my humble opinion. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they went through the Depression. They went through World War II. Um, and, you know, when all the men were away during that time uh, fighting the war, guess what? who was home taking care of everything? <laughs> the women. 
So my mother was affectionately known. My biological mother was affectionately known as Rosie the Riveter. She worked for McDonnell Douglas. She was building an airplane. She was up on the wing hammering mm -hmm. those those rivets in, right? So she knew hard work. She knew the depression. You know, she was. But the problem was <clears throat> for her is that even as hard as she worked, there wasn't enough. You just couldn't feed all six of us. Wow. And so when I was five, she went to her older sister. There was she was a family of eight, and she went to her older sister and she said, "Well, you adopt David." And Bob and Pat Alvin said, yes, we'll definitely do it. Wow. So, the, so they adopted me, my aunt and uncle, and took me to Long Beach, California, and that's where I was raised. Wow. And then that was what I was five. Everything was great, Chris. It was a wonderful life, camping, Yosemite, Big Bear, Arrowhead, you name it. We were, I was like, it was a dream come true. And then on the first day of summer, 1964, uh, they brought me in the kitchen. Pat set me down with tears in her eyes. She looked at me and she said, David, we need to tell you something. And what we need to tell you is we're not your parents. Okay. Well, what the hell does that mean at 11 years old? Yeah. Of course you're my parent, right? I, it's like walking out saying, hey, yeah, the sky's not blue. Well, it looks pretty blue to me. And then, you know, they look like the, my parents to me. So that's when my life took a hard turn. Wow. Um, shortly after they told me, um, they both started drinking. Now, Bob Albin, my uncle, who is my dad at that point, um, mm -hmm. he's military, highly decorated in World War II, career military officer, Army, National Guard. So we lived in a nice house. We had nice things. Uh, but when he started drinking and Pat started drinking, you know, it got ugly really, really fast. Or isn't that he, fun kind of drinking, huh? Yeah. Pat was okay. Mm -hmm. My mom was okay, but dad was not. He was vicious. He was ugly, uh, mean, nasty. Ugly. And so, you know, I never wanted to be in the house. I was constantly somewhere other than wanting to put up with all that crap. I was a gatekeeper. I had to go into the bars, get him out. I mean, you know, all the alcohol. Oh, wow. Well, they, they took a, they went to the store one day. Back in those days, you left your kids home. Nobody yeah. cared, right? It was, <laughs> like, it was okay, right? <laughs> and so uh, they went to the grocery store. And, well, I knew where the booze was. They hid it in plain sight. And I wanted to know what the hell this shit was. Yeah. I don't know. I just saw these two beautiful people turn into not such nice people by drinking the shit. Uh -huh. And so I went over, grabbed it. It was a half gallon of brandy. Wow. And I, pour I poured it in a coffee cup, half full, and I downed it. And, Chris, I never had a chance. I wow. went alcoholic alcoholic right on the spot Damn. I started thinking i started thinking alcoholically acting alcoholically it was like pouring rocket fuel into me and i uh -huh. have alcoholism throughout my entire family so it just yeah. you know it didn't spare me i can tell you that mm -hmm. and so things you know when you at that point you know when you start drinking at 11 12 years old next thing you know you get you get hanging out with uh, the wrong people and then drugs mm -hmm. show up on the scene and mm -hmm. hell by the time i was a junior in high school they brought me in the principal's office one day and said alvin out we're done with you and so, um, you know, but I had an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. and so when I got kicked out of high school, I didn't care. It didn't bother me at all. It didn't worry me. Nothing. In fact, there was a song back in those days written by Paul Simon. And some of the lyrics were, when I think back of all the crap I learned in high school, it's a wonder <laughs> I can think at all. Right? Remember you that? and me. You and me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and, you know, again, my entrepreneurial spirit, I had a paper out, right? Mm -hmm. That's you're running your own business. I, um, I lived across the street from a golf course. I used to ride my bike around the perimeter and find golf balls and then sell them back to the golfers in the, in the parking lot. Uh, my mom grew beautiful flowers in the backyard. She put those together for me and I sold them out on the street corner. So my belief system at a very young age was there's money out there. Go get it. Hustle. And so that's kind of, and I've been hustling and, you know, my entrepreneurial spirit has been going strong ever since. I'm not employable. I'm just not.
<laughs> you and me. I, I think that's the one thing about almost entrepreneurs, right. especially we're ones that have employable. been doing it for. We're not employable. I mean, we've been, no. you know, entrepreneurs for so long. We don't work well with others or for other people. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, and especially when you come across really bad leaders, you're just like, are you fucking serious? Like, this is All how right. you do things around your office? Um, you know, <laughs> have you ever read a book on leadership do you even know it really do you even know how to spell it um so let me ask you this you're grossly addicted to drugs and alcohol uh when did you sober up and make the realization to uh i guess join AA and uh, make that first step uh that happened on june 8 1988 so i'm in my third marriage I'm married to a woman who's got three kids or my stepkids. Wow. I'm living in the basement. They're upstairs. They want nothing to do with me. Wow. And uh, when I don't know, when I woke up on June 8th, 88, I said, that's it. We're done. I'm out. I'm wow. not doing this anymore. I was in so much pain, Chris. Yeah. You know, the emotional pain, the physical pain, the struggle of having to drink and drugs. And, you know, it was just bad. And so I said, okay, well, I'm done. So the pain stops today. So my only thought in that moment was put a bullet in my head. Oh, and as I'm man. loading and ready to do that, putting the pistol in my mouth, I go, wait a minute, hold on a second. You you pull that trigger and maybe your problems are over. But those three kids upstairs that you love and care about, you're going to kill them with that same bullet. Wow. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You just can't. Don't be an mm -hmm. asshole. Don't be a jerk. You know, can you imagine what that's going to do to them? Yeah. I didn't even know what PTSD was back then, but it would have it would have so ruined their life. And so I said, so come up with another plan, pal. Figure something else out. And all of a sudden, the next thought I had was, we'll call Alcoholics Anonymous. There you, you know, go. But you know what, Chris? I didn't know who the hell AA was. I'd never mm -hmm. been to a meeting. I didn't know anybody was an AA. Where the hell did that come from? I had no idea, well, other than divine uh, it, you know, intervention where you know, that name, Alcoholics Anonymous, popped in my, in my head. But I called him. And I got this wonderful human being on the phone. I nicknamed her Madge. And the reason I did is because she talked like this. She smoked two packs of Paul Mall non-filters a day. Wow. She was a badass, man. But she was a gatekeeper, right? Her uh -huh. job is to interview you and see if you're worthy of her calling somebody to come pick your happy ass up. And so she did. And she called a guy named Lauren. He came and got me. Took me to. Uh, he stayed with me all day. I went to a 12.30, a 4.30, a 6.30, and an 8.30 meeting. And uh, when I was there, they took a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, they all they wrote in it. It was an all-men's group. And mm -hmm. so they wrote in there in the book on the front cover, um, before you take that first drink, call one of us. And then they put their first name and their phone number, and they sent me home with that. And oh. one day turned into two, two turned into a week, a week turned into a month, and I got one of these. It said one month. And then I got one for two months, three months, six months, nine months, and one year. Well, where the personal development part of this showed up was I had insomnia. So I'm up late at night all the time. Hell, my sleep patterns were all over the place. Yeah. And um, sure enough, there he is, 1988, <laughs> Mr. Enthusiasm, Mr. Gunthy Ranker, who owned the airways at nighttime. There he is, a young Tony Robbins selling personal power a 30-day program for total success the man called it uh -huh. and um uh, and sure enough um he said a couple things that got i really didn't like the guy to be candid <laughs> what a pompous <laughs> asshole this guy is <clears throat> right he's all motivated and shit you know and motivated i'm not motivated but he got me chris he got me a couple times one of the things he said was we'll do more to avoid pain than we will to gain pleasure mm -hmm. i'm like well hell that's why i drank that's why i use yeah. drugs i was either chasing pleasure or trying to avoid pain 
Mm -hmm. But what really got me, he said, the driving force in our life, how we make decisions is we do them out of inspiration or desperation. I thought, shit, I'm pretty desperate. Maybe I should listen to this guy. There you <laughs> so go. So I, I did. Broke out my American Express card, bought the program. They sent it to me in a big box, <laughs> and it came on these little white things called cassette tapes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember those? Eight tracks, reel yeah. to reel. I got a lot of the Nightingale Conan things. I think I was on a subscription with Nightingale Conan. Remember that? Oh, were you really? Yeah. Oh, you were all in. Oh, I was all in, yeah. In fact, I got records of uh, of some of the really old guys, um, you know, uh, Napoleon Hill and stuff. My dad had, uh, like, records. Norman Vincent Peale. Yep, there you go. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah. 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 You, Zig Ziglar, of course, yeah. Zig Ziglar, and I forget who the radio guy was. Tom, Tommy Hopkins? Uh, not Tommy. There was a big radio guy who was really into motivational. It wasn't the Acres of Diamonds guy, but I forget. But I, I have, like, I think it's the secrets of... Um, I don't know. I I'd, I'd have to pull it up, but uh, yeah. So congratulations, thirty five years of sobriety, man. Oh, that's thanks, a, man. that's a lot yeah. of work. I know for some people it's a day to day battle. Now you run your own company. You've been running it for uh, what twenty years now? No, uh, well, you know, I, I was with Tony almost twenty years, but I started Firewalk yeah. Productions in uh, two thousand fourteen. Okay, there that, you go. And that came at the advice of a uh, when I went to Google and I did that gig for them. They wanted to do a firewalk and they wanted to do it in the middle of the day. I said, nope, we don't do firewalks in the middle of the day. It's a safety concern. Uh, uh, but I tell you what we can do. Uh, we could do it. Uh, we could do a glass walk. And they're like, what? A glass walk? Like glass. walking on broken glass? I'm like, what? Yep. They're like, ooh, tell us about that. <laughs> so, shit. Next thing I know, there I am. Well, one of the Google executives, you know, after the glass walk, we're sitting there, we're having lunch. Uh, they're having a couple of beers after the event and all that and turns to me and he said, Hey man, listen, he goes, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're at the top of the, your game. He said, yeah. there's a huge marketplace for corporate team building at your level. So I know you work for Tony and that's all great. He said, but you may want to think about starting your own gig because there's, there's a marketplace out. There's a huge marketplace for you out there. Mm -hmm. And I, so I'm sitting in Mountain View and a Google executive is telling me that I should start my own business with corporate team building. Maybe, maybe I should listen to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I went back to Tony and said, Hey man, I need to talk to you after the event. And so we sat in the green room and I said, Hey man, you know, I just did a gig for Google and he goes, yeah, you're leaving, aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> and you're in good shape, man. You don't need me anymore. Tony. I've been with you for 20 years. Yeah. You got a half a dozen people out there in that parking lot that can do my job. So you're good. There you go. So, yeah. so talk to us about what you do now. looks like you have the glass walk experience. You have the firewalk experience, uh, and you, you, I guess, put these on for corporate events and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. You know what I did? I took the firewalk to another level. I'm going to go ahead and give myself kudos for this and a pat Let's on the back. It. I brought the board break experience into it, right? So board break, right? Think martial arts, <laughs> think dojos, think moving from a white belt to a yellow belt. What do you do? You break a board with your hand, you break a board with your elbow, your knee, your foot, whatever. And so they've been using it in, in the martial arts for years. Well, I decided to bring it in, but here's what I do with it. I take the board and I have them write something on front of the board they want to move towards. Ah. I have them write something on back of the board they need to move away from. And then I have them write anybody's name on that board that they're in conflict with. Right? So if forgiveness or reconciliation is part of that relationship, that shit ends tonight. Quit carrying around resentments about another human being. It does not serve you. Wow. And then to create the rite of passage... I have them write anybody's name on the board that they've lost. Oh, right. Oh. So then we go out in the parking lot. I set up the board break stations. We break the boards. 
We walk them in a circle. Then we do the fire walk. They come back. They throw their boards into the fire. Huh. We get it on video. We get it, you know, we get uh, pictures for them. Um, and then I do what's, I do a, a breathing exercise uh, and I calibrate all of their hearts. So oh, really? right after the fire walk, I put them in a group and I take them through a process so that all of their hearts start beating at the same time. Really? Um, and then before they leave, I give them one of these. And you can't see it very well as a glare, but it's the coals from the firewalk. So it'll okay. say, I firewalked in 2023 with, you know, XYZ. Oh, and you get the coal so you can say, you know, yeah. Yeah, I did it. People are yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You did the fire. Yeah, yeah, I got the coal right here, man. Yeah, I did it, right? Here's a picture. Here's a video. Kiss my I ass. I did it, right? I love yeah. that, man. This cult's awesome, man. I'm leaving Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> what? L. Ron Hubbard? Oh, come on, man. Dianetics? What are you doing here? I'm still trying to get clear. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but uh, I don't know what they, they keep wanting checks. That's funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, 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 I dabbled in it a little bit. I had this really hot chick. I was walking in the park one day and she came up to me and started talking to me. She got me there. So I went through the, the bull baiting, huh? Did you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't do the bull baiting. I, I got suckered in one time on a personality test when I was in high, or I was just, I was, uh, I was about 20 or something. And they had a little ad and they're like, Hey, uh, you want a personality test? And I'm like, ah, I'll take a personality test. Sure. And uh, so I went in, I think they got me for five bucks to buy the book. And uh, they're like, you should come back. And I'm like, I'll read your book and I'll be back. But I grew up in Mormonism, so I already got hooked by one. I already got sucker by one book. Oh, God, um, so you were double whammied. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't need any more cults. Uh, no. We're done with the cults. But I like your cult. This this sounds like a good cult. This sounds like, you know, it's not it's not something where, you know, it's the Moonies where I'm going <laughs> to drink It's pretty freaking beer. awesome, Chris. It I really love is. it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's an amazing so, experience. Uh, what, what sort of, it, it's pretty, pretty much any company reach out to you and work with you and, oh, and yeah. do business We've with done them you? all. There you I go. I mean, I'm every spectrum. I've done high schools uh, all the way up to Google, you know. Uh, I do you. a lot of work with the EO organization. I think you know who yeah. those guys are, right? Entrepreneurs organization. Yeah, yeah. I did five gigs for them last year. Uh, they just booked South Florida. So we love EO. They're all entrepreneurs. They're all very successful. You can't even get in to the entrepreneurs organization without being invited. And then you got to show three years financials. You yeah. got to, you got to uh, grossed at least a, a million bucks a year. Um, or they don't even, you know, per year, they don't even let you in. There you go. Uh, uh you work with NASA, yeah. um, uh, yeah. Na here, let me pull this up. I pull oh, my. NASA, uh, Google, Notre Dame, uh, entrepreneurs organization, Tony Robbins, the YMCA, the YMCA, Chick-fil-A, Remax. In fact, they probably cooked the, uh, I hear they cooked the Chick-fil-A on the, uh, on the firework. Come on, man. Um, you know, Chick-fil-A owns the airways when it comes to chicken. Let's just be there honest. There you go. There you go. Uh, they do make good chicken. Heineken, uh, uh, a few other people on here. I think I see I some Huskies. Count. I don't know. I lost count. Yeah, yeah, count. you lose count after a while. Well, this is pretty awesome. Hilton, Four Seasons, Snowbird, uh, Marriott, Waldorf Astoria, Embassy Suites. Uh, so great things. So what do what, you know, if I'm a corporate executive out there thinking, well, what are my people really going to get from this? Um, it seems obvious, but tell us what you see when when companies hire you. What what you think the company's net benefit is really going to be? Well, typically there's three there's three different times a company's going to call me. One, if there's a total breakdown, it mm. is falling through the everybody's fighting the dissension, mask wearing, vaccines, whatever. Everybody's fighting over shit, and so they bring me in, uh, you know, to to bail it out. 
And, uh-huh. and so the other time they call me is when things are, you know, they're okay. They're not great. They're not bad. Um, somewhere in between. And then they call me when shit, they're at the top of their game and they want to take it to the next level. There you so go. most CEO, most CEOs realize what, you know, what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you. You're mm-hmm. not going to put a bunch of people in a, in a seminar room and talk to them, you know, for several hours and it changed their life. It's just mm-hmm. not going to work like that. Navy seals don't become seals by sitting in the, in a classroom. They become mm-hmm. Navy seals by putting their happy ass, you know, in the ocean, the Pacific ocean off the coast of San Onofre and let them swim with sharks for three or four hours. Doing hell week. Yeah. Doing hell week. That's what, yeah. exactly. There you go. Right. So that's really the point. There's got to be emotion and there's got to be motion at the same time. There you and go. that's what happens. So and you get them up together. And, you know, and I saw that at my first event, I saw what it was like thousand people standing down there in a celebration and after the firewalk, jumping up and down and getting crazy, like nothing I'd ever seen. And then the next day, that's when I really knew that it worked. Cause I mm-hmm. saw the camaraderie. I saw 3,500 people coming to that event who didn't know each other and they were getting l- along like nothing I'd ever seen or witnessed. And I've, and I've never seen it other than my own fire walks or another Tony Robbins seminar. So mm-hmm. it works. It, I'm, it's guaranteed to work. Yeah. And, um, you know, by the time they get to me, they've done the research. They're like, okay, you know, th- the big thing is, is that, you know, they're thinking somebody's going to get hurt. Are we going to get sued? Are we going to get yeah. hurt? The liability side, you know, when the attorneys get involved, <laughs> here's what I can tell you. I've walked <laughs> close to a half a million people. Wow. Nobody's ever been hospitalized. No, no one's been sued. Wow. It's, it's not that dangerous. You know, mm-hmm. what's dangerous. Put your kids in soccer. Hey, that's true. Yeah. Right? Play yeah. football, wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. I know it sounds really dangerous, but what's the worst thing can happen? Burn your foot off and die? Yeah. No. I, I pulled a hamstring getting off the couch the other day. So, oh, you know, well, that's, don't do that. See, no, that's serious. I should have just stayed there. Um, stay there. Yeah, definitely. Hey, you know, I got an idea for you. Uh, I mean, the firewalk okay. thing is awesome. And then the you got the glass walk there. Um, you know what you need to have for uh, when there's contention in offices? You need to have the plank walk. Oh no, Legos! <laughs> where you, where you basically, uh, we all decide. Hey, uh, Bob over there's got to walk the plank because his reports yeah. suck. Or you know, I, I like Legos. <laughs> Put them on Legos. I'll shut the hell up really fast. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Do the Lego right? walk. I well, like. We've that. all stepped on a Lego. You Le- got kids. Every mom out there that's listening right now goes, "He's yeah. right." I stepped on that damn thing. It hurts. That should be like a birth control device. Yeah, you think you want to have kids and be a parent? Do the Lego walk first. Yeah, prove you can share. do this. You can do anything as a parent. <laughs> it's funny. We're going to make funny. you lose sleep for a week first, and then you got to do the Lego, Lego walk. I still got a scar on my foot of the damn Lego I stepped on in my son. <laughs> so you, you still got a scar of the Lego, and you've done a, like a million walks on the right, thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, fire so, walk is going to be big. So companies do a thing when they're trying to motivate people where they do a pizza party. So where is pizza party compared to the fire walk on the scale? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, there's a lot to be said for a Papa John's pizza. I don't know. That's true. That's true. But, you know, it's kind of become a, it's kind of become a cliche, I think in the business world, they make fun of it a lot in on LinkedIn where they're like, oh, oh, so we're going to do another pizza party, huh? Morale's down. You get pizza. And we're going to go golfing this year and John's going to win the fucking thing again. He Mm -hmm. wins it every single year. That bastard. 
So um, do you have any events that you uh, have coming up that you do just for your stuff or you, do you only do it when clients have stuff? No, uh, matter of fact, uh, next Tuesday, uh, I have the Dave Alvin Firewalk Academy. So I'm up here okay. in the Appalachian Mountains in Northwestern North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so I got a whole bunch of people coming up and I'm going to take them through the academy. So I'm going to train them all the stuff that I've learned over the last three decades. Oh, wow. So we'll t- we teach them the fire walking, the board break, the brick break, the arrow break, the rebar bend, the glass walking, um, you know, all of it. Insurance, how to talk to fire marshals, you know, mm-hmm. the whole academy. When they graduate, they can go put on an event. Oh, wow. That's uh, gonna be but I've got cool. several other I've got several other events on the book, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I so, do private fire walks if that's what you're asking. No, I was sometimes just, I, I've had some celebrities and some athletes, <laughs> professional athletes call me. They're just like, and they're like, hey, it. you know, would you? And I go, yeah, you want to come up to my cabin in the Appalachian Mountains? <laughs> uh, I've, I've got an Airbnb room. You stay for a couple of nights and uh, mm-hmm. let's find out what's going on with you and let's get to it. There you go. As long as you don't hear banjos on the river, you're okay out there. Whatever. Dun, dun, I don't know dun, what that dun. means. <laughs> Well, this sounds like a lot of fun and a great way to inspire people, build leadership, build uh, yeah. team camaraderie, uh, you know, kind of blow people's minds, get them to that next level thinking and stuff. Um, how can people reach out to you and get to know you, uh, get to try and onboard with you and uh, do business? Uh, yeah, again, just go to firewalkadventures.com. Firewalkadventures is one word.com. It's all there. The Academy's there, the Glasswalk. <laughs> fire walking, you know, my calendar's there. I'm very accessible. Tell me what's going on with your company. Cause I personally, I, I design the event around the company and what's going on. If they're launching a product or there's been a breakdown, there's culture upliftings, whatever, let me know what's going on and we'll, we'll get to it. There you go. There you go. Well, this sounds awesome. We really appreciate you coming on the show, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I appreciate you having me. There you me, go. Man. Burning energy and uh, just uh, uh, you were just on fire for the show. Yeah, we were. <laughs> Absolutely. There you Flame go. Flame on. Flame on. There you go. Thanks, Dave, for coming on the show. Thanks, man. It's for tuning in. Uh, go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and Chris Foss1 on TikTok. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. There you-